0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I've always been fascinated with how different cultures welcome new babies into the world. Many of us may have a baby shower, a christening, or even a celebratory drink. Jasmine Seymour is the author of a new picture book called Baby Business, which is all about a First Nations baby smoking ceremony. She is a Darug woman and primary school teacher based in the Hawkesbury area of New South Wales. Hi, Jasmine. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you. I mentioned different cultural traditions like a christening or a baby shower, and people might think that's not cultural, but it's what a lot of people do. What's the purpose of a baby smoking ceremony?
1: A baby smoking ceremony is um, a child's first lesson in law. So we um, give a baby a smoking ceremony to welcome them to country. So we bathe them in the smoke, their feet, their hands, their mouth, their head, their chest in the smoke to um, also help them smell like country. So country knows that they're there.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, is it um, the smoke a particular type of smoke? Like are you burning particular things?
1: Uh, it's it's different for all different uh, parts of country. So um, we would use something like um, tea tree smoke or um, eucalyptus leaves on our country, anything like that. Some other places use stuff like emu, um, emu bush. And that smoke also helps open up a child's lungs and interestingly enough the smoke also helps the mother's milk let down which is fascinating. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah and also helps the uterus um, go back up. Oh, that, yeah that it's amazing awesome. isn't it? Yeah
0: and you mentioned there that um, different parts of the country might use different um, mm-hmm. things to burn for the smoking ceremony. Is a baby smoking ceremony something that is across the many different nations of um, First Nations people, or is it something particular to different areas? I don't think
1: it's specific to any one area. So um, all different countries would do different versions of this um, baby smoking ceremony. Yeah, so um, for my book, I wanted to um, really, we were talking about how, what a baby smoking ceremony would look like, and we wanted to put one on for community. Um, out in the Hawkesbury and so through that conversation I was thinking what would it look like for now for us now in a contemporary setting because Aboriginality is something that a lot of people think that happens in the past but it's actually something that is all around us and happening all the time and so culture is still very current and we still practice um, culture so this is the way we would do a baby smoking ceremony.
0: Now. Yeah. And you do mention in the the book you talk about um the aunties yes. saying how it would be when they yeah, when they were when young. they were young. Yeah. So it ha- it has changed. I mean, we we all know um the history of our country is yeah. unfortunately about the destruction yes. of indigenous culture and being an oral culture and understanding yes. how those traditions are passed on. Yes. Do you know what it was like? back in the day? I don't,
1: I, I, I don't know what it was, would have been like on Darug culture back in the day. Um, we can only guess what it would have been like because uh, the nature of the people out in the Hawkesbury is that we um, were the first colonised so all of the things that have happened to Indigenous people happened to us first and so we are the most colonised Indigenous people in Australia so we are um, fairer skinned because of that and we've also lost a lot of culture along the way. But um, all the stories are still in the land out there and we are still very much there and still very strong.
0: Yeah. What is it, you mentioned that um, part of this book was about making these cultural traditions modern. Mm, yes. What does it mean, like what does it feel like mm. to do this kind of ceremony on... An indigenous with an indigenous baby with an indigenous family on country today. It's extremely meaningful
1: because um, because in modern life you don't often have opportunities to participate in in cultural things, and so to have that experience of um, a baby and and having a smoking is a real connection back to culture and to country, because um, you know culture. And is is something that's like I said doesn't happen in the past it is something that is all around us that is continuous and that link by doing these things helps us reconnect with that culture yeah it's profoundly important as well as using language doing those sort of ceremonies because you know language is our dreaming that's the link back to dreaming for us so using language and doing these things is um, just profoundly. Amazing and an incredible
0: experience for us, Mob. Before we get onto mm. the language, um, I wanted to ask about the way this, in the book, the ceremony is the community that comes along, mm. women and children. Yeah. What's behind that? Um,
1: we, I, I had been reading stories about um, babies being taken to uh, the women's camp when they're first born, so they wouldn't even see their dad. Until they put on a put put on a bit of weight, so they'd go to the women's camp and they'd stay there and they'd be looked after by the aunties and the the grandmothers and and the baby would put on weight and the baby would be thriving and then they go out into the world and so that that baby smoking thing is very much a woman's business. Um, thing I just wanted to make it really um,
0: personal and about women and children. I'm yeah. so fascinated with women's business. Um, yeah. I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were saying um, we'd love to know the kind of wisdom that was shared about birthing mm, yes, and prenatal birthing and, and, yeah. and afterwards and how the Indigenous – because women's business – Is so sacred,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: love to know. Yeah, (laughs) look at me, tell me, tell me all of it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about the baby smoking ceremony, which is part of women's business, right? That's right,
1: right. that's right. Yeah, and in other communities, fathers are very much involved in that as well. But for just for this book, we wanted I wanted to just make it about um, women and children.
0: Yeah, do you know, uh, just because I've put it out there now, do you know um, much about? women's business when it came to birthing and babies. Was that something that was passed on in those camps, in those circles?
1: Well, it, it, it would have been um, very much something that the the elders would have told the women um, in camps. And yeah, it would have been women's business. They had sacred women's places. Out in the Hawkesbury, we have uh, lots of birthing pools where we know that the women went to and gave birth in these incredible rock Um, stone pools that are like a chain of pools and we know that they gave birth in these things and there's um what do they call it tea tree tea trees around there and it's just incredibly beautiful places where the women went and had their children
0: yeah so fascinating it's just gorgeous yeah so talking about language and country the book itself um you use Uh, the Darug language throughout, and you have a little glossary at the end of the book. Yes. Um, Can you explain what you meant earlier when you said that language is part of dreaming and it's part of your connection to country?
1: Yeah. um, I'm part of the Real Secret River project out in the Hawkesbury, and that's run by Grace Kaskins, a historian from the University of Sydney, or New South Wales, I believe. And she found a document from... The 1700s, by a Reverend McGarvey, who had written down all the Aboriginal names for places along the Hawkesbury. And so we've been going out mapping those places to um, the farms where we know the settlers lived. And as we've been doing that, we've been finding out little snippets of information. And these words are told in story. And so one of the words is one of the places down near Lower Portland is called Durambulla. And it means path of the rainbow. And so we know, because there are lots of eel engravings all along the river, that this is um, the path of our rainbow serpent that goes through the Hawkesbury, which is just exquisite. And every time we find out more about this, all the language is telling story all the time. And so language is very much about connecting us back to our
0: dreaming. And what about um, the sounds of the language? Because... Um, I don't know any of the Darragh language, but it it sounds, there's a sound to it. Is there something about the sounds of words and the environment that you're describing? In the places? Yeah, I think they
1: they sound a little like nature, like wind, like the river. Um, And it's always spoken very fastly as well, some language. So um, one of our big rivers is called, as we know it now, South Creek. And its real name is uh, Wianamatta, and that means women's place. So, what a beautiful name, Wianamatta! And all the um, so we know that the women would have lived along there, and they they called this place the mother mother's place. And so, it's just exquisite to think that all these women and families would have been nurtured by this beautiful river that feeds into the Derribin.
0: I don't want you to stop speaking. So can you tell me a few of the words that you use in the book yeah, um, and, and explain what their meanings are? So the one of the words we use
1: is yana, yana with nana. Yana means to walk on country, so walking. Uh, nura means country. Um, weanga means mother. Gurung means child.
0: And... I think it's mud, uh, family. Ah, and it? family means mujin Did you yeah. like how I, <laughs> I refused to pronounce it then because I was going to yeah. do it wrong? mujin Beautiful words. <sighs> yes.
1: And and so in baby business, they're all family words because it's a book about family.
0: Yeah. It's lovely. It's a beautiful book. You also illustrated I it. I did illustrate it, yes. How does a primary school teacher come to <laughs> illustrate? I mean, people yeah. think that writing children's books is easy. Mm. It's not, particularly when you're not, when you're telling such a personal, important story. How did you come to write the book?
1: Um, I had drawn a picture as part of the Real Secret River project. We were doing lots of responding to the project through art. And I drew a picture um, of a woman holding a baby over the smoke. And I showed it to um, Donna Rawlins, who is a friend of mine, and she said, oh, that would make a really good baby smoking book. And so I went away and had a think about that. And I started um, sketching out uh, the actual ceremony. And um, it grew from there. And so I just used watercolour and sketching to make the images. And it was actually quite quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, the story's already there. So um, once I had that middle part, it was just the end. And it, it happened very quickly, actually.
0: Yeah. So as a primary school teacher, yeah. um, obviously a lot of this is about connecting your community back to culture that had been taken away. Mm, absolutely. Um, re re-imagining it in the modern world. That's right. What do you hope non-Indigenous people might get out of the book like this? Non-Indigenous children.
1: Yeah. Um, I... Sh- I was able to show it to some oldest older kids when I was making it, and um, I was really amazed at how much they connected with it because not many um, people would have had an experience like that. And that ritual of being born and being loved is something that everyone, you know, feels or needs to feel or wants to connect to. And so, for for them to see that and to get a sense of belonging to country is, is really beautiful for them, even as old people and, and older people as well when they, when they get that because I think we all belong to Australia and the way that we can belong is through Indigenous knowledge. The Darig mob, were, uh, they say about us that we were the first colonised and that we are the last recognised, but um, we are still very much here and very much strong and still
0: have lots to share. So I hope that that comes through with this book. It's a gorgeous book. And thank you, Jasmine, so much for coming in and chatting with us. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Jasmine Seymour. She's the author and illustrator of the picture book Baby Business. And we'll include links to where you can get a copy of the book in the notes of this episode. Next time on Feed Play Love, we have the much loved Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue, answering all your questions.
1: So you take out yogurt, cheese, whole milk, like you know, milk you put on your cereal and your tea and your coffee. It's quite dramatic,
0: and also milk chocolate. Oh, what! This <laughs> so is not it even, a
1: bit much. It's not even worth it, is it?
0: Don't forget to email your questions to helpline at I'm Siobhan Hunt. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning. See you next time.